that's awesome. I All do. right, so uh, kind of to get us started here, I will uh, do a download of uh, last week's real quick. Uh, we did talk about uh, um, the upcoming arrival of uh, uh, FAA designating no-fly zones. Uh, we talked about what kind of situations um, that the FPVFC would stand for that are unacceptable to fly. Um, some of the um, areas that people kind of brought up were active construction sites, open-air concerts, any large gathering of people, animal preserves, um, national parks. You know, a lot of these are already incorporated into the FAA reauthorization. Um, so um, there's not a whole lot that uh, I think we kind of broke through on anything um the the i think the biggest one were uh was open air concerts that kind of people were talking about and firework displays and and whatnot um the other thing we kind of uh talked about would be should private citizens and companies be able to apply for a no-fly zone status and i think that was uh pretty much a a resounding no on that um and uh with the exception i think we we talked about some you know exceptions where uh companies are developing confidential kind of products where it might become maybe not illegal but definitely uh not advised to fly and and some of those areas that we talked about were like like down down close to me i've got a nissan test track um, you know, where they're developing their new cars, they're testing them, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, kind of like defense, uh, contractors and stuff like that, where it may not be illegal, but it probably wouldn't be in your best interest. Um, and then we talked about the intent behind your flight. Um, and you know, when you're flying in, areas where it might be questionable a lot of it comes down to the intent behind the flight are you actually looking at are you somebody who's going to be you know that dreaded word spying or are you just there to enjoy the hobby and have fun so you know um just keep that kind of stuff in mind so that's a lot of what we covered last week uh, for anybody who wasn't here um today what i'd like to discuss is the safety guidelines um we wrote these back in, God, I want to say late October, and we kind of hashed them around the group um, for about a month after that. But I kind of wanted to touch base with uh, people and see what we thought of them. So I'm going to start dropping them in the chat here, uh, not one by one, but in kind of groups, and we'll kind of discuss them. Give me one second to drop them in. Hopefully it lets me do that much. All right. So here's the first chunk. Um, first part is registration requirements. So we all know we need to register with the FAA in order to fly legal. Um, this has become a, a big deal right now. And honestly, I think this probably needs a little bit of revision, uh, this first one. Uh, any operator of an FPV aircraft between 0.55 pounds and 55 pounds, which would be 250 grams and 25 kilograms, uh, must be registered with the FAA per the FAA UAS registration, and the registration number must be present on your aircraft. So right off the bat, I'm going to say must be present on the outside of your aircraft. Um, that ruling just came out, uh, what, about a month ago? Um, it can't be 
you know, for us, it's probably not as important, but it can't be in a battery bay. It can't be blocked off. You can't have to remove a component to see the FAA registration number. Um, so it needs to be somewhere easily visible uh, without having to handle the aircraft very much. And the key uh, reason they did that is um, for law enforcement or um, inspector uh, safety. Um, people don't want to have to handle a craft that has the potential to power up and uh, injure them. Um, so uh, anybody disagree with that change? It's one word, present on the outside of your aircraft. Uh, one thing I'd like to do is um, if if we had it like a, a general consensus of the way that or the method that we'd like it applied because somebody could put a piece of cardboard under their battery and it's, <laughs> or, or you can actually have like, this is what we think you should do. Like if you're running top mount, then on the bottom, you put like a label maker style sticker just so that way it's something that where like a recommendation of how to do yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, this is our, okay. our approved method as a group, as a CBO. This is what we're putting out. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. The uh, the FAA even has a little um, a one pager that uh, uh, characterizes that. We can probably uh, copy their uh, their work and their um, they they've got you know I think it's you know recommended or acceptable uh, labeling is a a permanent pen, a permanent label, or engraving. I think, and then they have a little graphic. But I, I think that's a good point uh, to give a little bit of direction and uh, that this is a, a recommended way to do it. Absolutely. I like that. Hey, hey Josh, what channel are you using to uh, drop these in? Uh, the regular FPV uh, Freedom Coalition general chat. Okay, great. Thank you. You got it. Um, all right, so we kind of broke up before we just had a list of um, our safety guidelines, one through however many. Uh, I think it was one through 10, one through 12, something like that. Um, we went back through and we kind of broke them up into sections. So uh, the first section deals with flight preparation. Um, and that's just to clarify. Um, so the first one's going to be before flight, the operator must review and adhere to any TFRs and notices to airmen and adjust planned area of operation accordingly. Um, the one thing you don't want is the president coming through town or any VIP coming through town and there being TFRs in place and the Secret Service comes uh, looking for you because you're flying, uh, you know, close by uh, an event of that caliber. Um, the other thing that, you know, obviously there's going to be TFRs in place for wildfires and floods and and stuff like that where first responders need to be able to uh utilize the airspace for search and rescue or for dealing with you know the catastrophe so um you definitely want to keep an eye on those um there are tools out there to utilize and perhaps along the same lines as as a registration we can recommend some of those tools uh in here um obviously you would have uh, like Kitty Hawk would be, or the Before You Fly app. Um, both those would be, would give you some of that information. We can definitely put that in there. Um, any questions on that one? Clear enough? Um, 
it's very clear. Um, we it, have you guys all been trying the different the different ones? Like I've been using Air Maps since the last meeting I was in, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, I mean, I almost feel like we should choose the same thing, like with the uh, registration number and like where to apply it and how, as a, like a at, because we're going to be a CBO, so we might as well have a recommended. Hey, use Air Maps. It works great because. So. Right now, right. AirMap is uh, moving out of the United States. I mean, they're still going to probably service no. the United States, but hello? Really? Yeah, I think their focus is going to be a non-US, and I think the incorporation of Kitty Hawk into Before You Fly would suggest that uh, before or Kitty Hawk has, has won uh, at least a big chunk of... Uh, of the business for Lance in the U.S. Okay, so Kitty Hawk. The so Kitty Hawk. <laughs> Come sorry. Yeah, before you fly is the FAA's app, you know. And it, yes, and it and it it has incorporated the latest version incorporates Kitty Hawk. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, which would you recommend? Which would you recommend to try next? If I'm so. Um, Kitty Hawk has their own app. Um, you can tr give that a shot. Um, the like Dave was saying, the newest version of Before You Fly um, incorporates Kitty Hawk. I believe that's still being developed to be a little more user friendly. Um, I think they're planning on a complete reboot of Before You Fly. Um, so you know, once that's done, I'm pretty sure that Kitty Hawk and uh, Before You Fly will give you a lot of the same information. It just depends probably on the user experience um, because obviously Before You Fly is going to be uh, you know, built up and developed by the FAA with the assistance of Kitty Hawk. So, um, I'm going to try Kitty Hawk probably for the next week. Um, see how it fares, and uh, see what happens with there. Uh, with that, uh, eventually, uh, I'd like to. You know, this is you know down the road a bit, so don't get too excited. But um, I'd like the FPVFC to have their own app. Um, utilizing uh, some version of of Kitty Hawk or or something similar to it that uh, we can provide to our members. Not it. <laughs> Download it now. Yeah, I'm actually um... reluctantly. I know, yeah, I know, but I just, hey, it's I to keep you safe. I just uh, deleted Air Maps and I'm download or installing Kitty Hawk as we speak. So I'll. I'll I'll jump on board and do the same thing that you're doing. If you if if you guys uh jump into some of the commercial UAS uh Facebook groups and social media accounts, uh, a lot of people, probably for the last year or so, have been really um not impressed by Air Maps, and I've used. You used an incredibly high gate on your mic because you just cut out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He just suddenly disappeared. Uh, <laughs> right after the word I now? use. Yep. Yes. Okay. So um, I I have used AirMap. I have used Before You Fly. Um, I got different information from each one. One said that I could fly. The other one said I couldn't. Um, so it's it just really depends. And uh, based on one app, I probably shouldn't have been flying. But based on Before You Fly, I was perfectly okay to. So which one do you choose, which information, um, you know, uh, something that is uh, consistent, I think is the goal. 
Um, so I think the one that's... at Sukantla. <laughs> yeah, but then you got a you know plausible deniability, and yeah, you just you don't want to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, but nothing's ever truly deleted. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, I think something that's a little more consistent that everybody can kind of agree on, and and Kitty Hawk, uh, depending on uh, my usage and and a couple other, you know, if you guys want to give it a shot and tell us what you think of it. That can be our recommendation for the time being, um, as well as before you fly, because um, we don't want to leave that out. We want to, you know, kind of show the FAA that we're behind some of their initiatives if we're going to interface professionally with them. So another one, I haven't tried it yet, but I hear Altitude Angel talked about a lot online. I don't know if okay. that one's primarily uh, for other countries or not, but something I should look into. Let me get that in the notes. I'll give it a shot. All right. All right. So any questions on that one before we move on to the next one? Okay. So when a flight is planned to take place outside of Class G airspace or beyond 400 feet above ground level, uh, the operator must submit a request for authorization prior to the operation. Um, Um, so I do, uh, that's still in effect. We still have to contact, um, uh, the air traffic ATC, uh, to get authorization. Um, but at the same time, I do know that they are developing a pathway for hobbyists to use Lance, um, which would be amazing because you get authorization almost immediately. I think it's within like 60 or 90 seconds. Um, so, uh, but either way, you have to um, submit a request. And once uh, the hobbyist uh, use of Lance is approved, then we can shift that one um, towards using Lance. Um, the entire the Lance system is active uh, across the entire United States. So, um, the only uh, the only places that wouldn't be active at were going to be small regional airports. Um, helipads for like hospitals and and whatnot so you would still have to contact those people if you plan an operation somewhere in those uh, areas but for your major uh, major and mid-range uh, airports I think uh, Lance is going to be um, the way to go once that's active any thoughts yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow, we've got our own That's, soundboard. That my thoughts. <laughs> Somebody's got a new toy. Um, oh my goodness! What is the usage? I've never. I'm not familiar with Lance. Is that a an app or? So um, it's something that is uh, active in apps like AirMap, uh, Kitty Hawk, where. If you, it's basically an authorization system. You go through the app, you put in your your flight data, what your planned flight is, when you're going to do it, how high you're going to go, how long you're going to be there, that kind of stuff, and it automatically submits it and it kicks back a response, um, whether you're authorized or not authorized. Um, so it's it's meant to be a quick 
path to getting in the air without having to bug the people at the air traffic controller, um, get authorization from an airport manager, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's an immediate, yes, you're good to go, or no, you're not. Um, Do something different. So, Kind of like map. What's that? Like the air map there. Yeah, it's actually, the land system is built into air map. It stands for Low Altitude Authorization and Notification Capability. So AirMap, KittyHawk, those are all examples of a Lance. Or the FAA is is instituting uh, the system, and it is now, as Josh said, uh, up and running across the United States. Yep. Um, And I do know, and this is kind of a side note for us uh, in our future app usage, uh, or app development um, that FAA has every six months they will look at applications to util- to incorporate Lance into whatever your app you're developing is. Um, the window just closed, I want to say last week or the week before for this period, um, but it'll op- it's supposed to open up again in six months for new people to apply to use that. So um you know, once we are capable of going down that route, um, that's something we'll want to keep an eye on when those periods are. Uh, I just got a reply. I posted in that local uh, aerial photography group that I mentioned earlier. Um, UAV forecast is another app. That's that's another application. Okay. Sure, if you can use plants for that, like if you can send outgoing. Uh, authorization request, but uh, you know, I'll drop a link. In... Okay. I'll drop a link mm. in general. <laughs> You're awful grumbly tonight, Chapel. <laughs> What's okay, going on? <laughs> uh, I just opened up this Kitty Hawk app, and the first thing I don't like about it, it makes you choose whether you are flying for fun or flying as the you know, 107. That's Air one strike. Does, yeah, Air Maps <laughs> does the same thing. It it it. it oh, but you can choose during each flight if it's for fun or if it's for 107 on right. Air Map. And this, oh. it just asks me the rip. I'm not. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> I get what you're saying. So you're telling it right off the bat what you're primarily going to be doing from here on out indefinitely, not like per flight. Yeah, and that's like a bummer. <laughs> Is that Mega Man? <laughs> it's just a uh, <laughs> uh, I think I might need a soundboard. Jeez. All right. No, you don't. <laughs> All right. Uh, Getting a when... soundboard ranks right up there to me with uh, having to get a transponder for my drone. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least we know where you sit, sir. <laughs> All right. Um, before a flight, a complete inspection of the FPV aircraft should be conducted to ensure that each and every part is operating properly. This is, should be a given. This is just a complete safety and uh, ready for operation kind of guideline. Most of us uh, are going to be repairing our own crafts. Um, most of us are going to be building our own crafts. Well, I won't say most. A good chunk of us, let's put it that way, are going to be building. So we know the ins and outs of our aircrafts. We know when it's ready to fly or when it's not to, ready to fly. Um, hopefully you've done most of that stuff on the workbench. 
and uh, by the time you get out there, you're good to go. Hopefully that complete inspection is like twirling the propellers with your finger a few times, making sure they're all good, and then you're ready, right? <laughs> I know that's what I pretty much yeah. do. <laughs> okay, so, I'm building but... Kitty Hawk. <laughs> he wants wild. me to connect to a DJI Phantom. That's interesting. There are extra be, features for connecting to a DJI, but you don't have to do that. But if you did have one, then I think it allows you to talk to it more directly or do do some integration. Um, I had a question right. real quick. Um, um, let's I had a see. question to Aurora. Uh, for the this is this this particular hey. one. This is really good for the the newcomers to the hobby. Hey Josh, um, could could you hear Matt? He had a question. No, I didn't. I didn't hear Matt. I think I cut out. Okay, sorry about that. Um, That's what okay. I was wondering, just something to add to the before flight. Um, do we have a pre-flight uh, or a recommended pre-flight checklist? We do. They're actually posted up on the website. Okay, excellent. Just something I hadn't seen yet, and I know this is kind of like a quick and dirty, uh, you know, run through. So I no, you're fine. In fact, I was about actually to mention that um, where uh, the newcomer, you know, we've got the pre-flight checklist, things to run down on your aircraft before you head out to the field um, just to make sure everything's operating properly. Um, actually, let me pull that up real quick. That way my take internet is being spotty tonight. Take the lens cap off the camera. Shush. <laughs> How many times Shush. have I done that? <laughs> I do that every Turn time, bro. <laughs> Turn on GoPro is my biggest one. Not turn ah. it off and think it's on. Yeah. So on the uh, on the website um, are PDFs uh, for downloading or PDFs for pre-flight checklists. There are several of them. Um, uh, there's a FPV pre-flight checklist. There's a fixed wing pre-flight checklist. There's a freestyle checklist. There's a racing checklist. There's a group session checklist, and a traveling checklist. Um, what, what to do? Yeah, buddy, and. Uh, um, I created these as uh, kind of informational uh, things to check. Uh, check um, the travel ones are useful. Um, if you've ever traveled with drones, there's a couple of things you do need to do. It actually dictates on the checklist what goes on your carry-on and what goes in checked. So um, and how to kind of prep those. So and it also gives your um, uh, the battery uh, capacity uh, <laughs> formula on there because um, you can only carry a certain amount of uh, watt hours of batteries with you, um, d dependent on the size. Um, so it also uh, kind of pushes you to check uh, for airline restrictions, destination restrictions, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's a good one to have if you ever travel with your drones. Um, the pre-flight checklist, let me pull that one up. So the FPV, I'm just going to cover one real quick. Obviously, charge your batteries. Uh, your goggle batteries, your model batteries, your transmitter batteries. Uh, check your model. Um, propellers are removed. Inspect for damage, frame damage, standoff damage, wire wear, broken zip ties, battery strap wear. Check all screws and nuts. Model power up initialization. Motor test. Motor spin freely. Motor direction check. Um, check your transmitter communication. Um, range check, telemetry check, if you do telemetry. Uh, check your receiver antennas, check your switches. Um, FPV, 
Goggles power up and function, channel check, power check, camera focus, transmit check, check antennas on goggles and model. Install your propellers and make sure and tighten your propeller nuts. Or if you use Popo, make sure they click. Um, and it's got sections on there for pre-flight notes. Like if there's, you know, it's just a quick place to jot down if you've got a pin handy, you know, what the conditions are like, how many people are there at that time of day. Notes for yourself. You know, if you're going to a public park and it's four o'clock in the afternoon, it's probably going to be a little packed with kids and, and people walking their dogs and that kind of thing. So you can kind of notate the times in which it's busy. kind of helps you dictate uh, when you're going to hit that spot. Um, also has post-flight notes um, and uh, a little place to log some flight data, like your flight class, whether you're flying micro, mini, X class, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, how many people were with you? Um, duration of the event, number of incidents, hopefully that's a zero, uh, nature of incidents and other information. So it gives you a place to kind of jot some of that stuff down if you so choose. I know not everybody likes a pre-flight checklist, but uh, for the newcomers to the hobby, it gives them a place to start, gives them an idea of what they need to actually get operational. Uh, can I have? Can we add one like the last thing? Uh, maybe not with the last thing in the list, but w can we add? Uh, make it audibly known that you're plugging in. Sure. I feel, uh, like, that, I feel like that. Uh, I've seen so many quads go down. I'm sure everybody here has because somebody plugged in while others were flying and they blew them out of the sky. Yep, I can add that in. Add. Announce intention to plug in to power up. Could we uh, maybe add to that or use in there coordinate channels before powering up or something? I mean, that's sort of the. If I fly in a group, which isn't that, often, isn't that yeah. often, but you know, if I do before I plug in, I'm always like you know what are people on so i don't you know, you know what i mean just yeah, sort of, so blow them out of the sky. Thing. absolutely yeah right yeah. so why don't, um, we make, actually, why don't we make sure that we qualify that as video channels as opposed to so we well don't... yeah both yeah well so well, actually one of the things um there's a fpv group session checklist so and it, it goes through that kind of thing um it actually has a place on there um for assigning, it has a, a little chart in there for assigning channels to pilots, um, which is incredibly useful. I know uh, when I did fly with a large group, they always had a whiteboard with them and they'd put your name, what channel you're on, that kind of thing. This is an alternative to that where you can just assign, you know, hey, Dan, you're going to be on, you know, 5800. Uh, Josh is going to be at 5645, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, you can write it right down in here. Um, so there is that little checklist there that has the assignments as well. Uh, also coordinating power output levels. Like if somebody's okay. flying on, on 25 milliwatts and somebody's flying, uh, let's say they're on race one, 25 milliwatts, and then somebody's on race five and they're flying 800, it doesn't matter. They're on different channels. You're going to get blasted out. Right. Absolutely. All right. Got that in the notes. Thank you.
All right, before flight, uh, we did that one. Appropriate fail-safe programming of the FPV aircraft must be in place before any flight. Uh, that's a given. If you lose, um, if you lose communication with your your aircraft, what's it do? Does anybody here have it hover or slowly descend or anything like that? No. No. Please say no. Okay, just, thank you. I mean, I'm sure for GPS more... squads, it's return to home, but otherwise it's hold for, uh, it's like a 10, uh, a 10 value guard time and then drop. Yeah. Right. I'm sure right. more and more people are using again? that, uh, the new beta flight feature to return to home thing, whatever, forget what that's called. It's, GPS, it's not GPS rescue. rescue. Yeah, it is not GPS rescue. <laughs> GPS rescue. <laughs> no, that's the name of it. That's, that's no, awesome. It, it is GPS rescue. Do not call it return to home because that implies something that it, it's not. Right. Yeah. So it's an, it's incredible. I, I'm I'm blown away by the function. I'll have to test it out. I'll have to throw GPS on one of my quads. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. it I just run INAV on my GPS quad builds. INAB's actually, INAB's actually really good as far as like a graphic user interface and tuning and stuff like that. It's way more in depth than Betaflight. Cool. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to give it a do, shot. You can do true return to home if yeah. you remember yeah, to wait. If you remember to observe the guard time on your uh, GPS. Huh. Huh. To give that a shot. All right. Uh, let me post up the next section here um we're almost through it thank you guys i appreciate all this um next section deals with uh during flight this is half of it um obviously first off the bat obey all us usa federal state and local laws and regulations regarding small unmanned aircraft systems that's a given it needs to be in there you know if we're gonna be uh, the ambassadors of the hobby, we need to make sure that we're obeying laws. And um, that's a that's a pretty big deal. Uh, I don't think that could be really any different unless you guys disagree. I'll take that as a no. All right, no FPV flight operations should take place in an area or manner that disrupts or poses a danger to any of the following. Emergency response efforts to include law enforcement action, fire response actions, military actions, unless the operator is actively engaged in the operation with proper clearance from the authorities. Areas where crowds of people gather to include sporting, musical, or political events. Civil in infrastructure to include power, water, and transportation facilities. If the operator experience... Oh, sorry, that's the next one. So any questions on the no FPV flight operation? Uh, section B, I think we should add... Uh something like with for Santa whoops and stuff like that like unless um i mean unless done in a the safe and manageable way um because safe and manageable it wouldn't be flying a seven inch in a crowd of people but flying something with ducks that's very protected and a very low chance of injury should something go wrong um because, I mean, sin whooping, it's, everybody's starting to do it now. So, I mean, maybe just put, put something in there that doesn't leave those people out, you know? All right. We'll have to look at that. That might take a little finagling. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to kind of hash that out, yeah. And we'll want to make sure that these safety guidelines mm -hmm. are recreational and that we can glance at the um, 
safe operations over uh, uh, over people. people and at night, which yeah. splits the categories and does exactly what uh, Matt is saying that uh, if you're under 250 grams and shrouded uh, props, you're fine. Of course, you have to have 107 and then definition to category two and three. Uh, that's the thing with even with uh, like the nutmeg that I have the uh, the two inch. I fly with a four cell fifteen hundred or a five cell one thousand milliamp hour. The, the all up weight of this thing is like six hundred grams, and it's mm -hmm. a two inch. So yeah. it's wow. It, it falls in. Yeah. Your category one. Yeah. yeah. Or category two. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Um. Next one, if the operator experiences any technical or safety issue, the aircraft must be landed and inspected. The aircraft cannot return to flight until safe for operation. Um, so obviously any technical issue is probably going to knock you out of the air anyway um, or dictate that you need to land. Um, and uh, return to flight until safe for operation, that's going to be at the pilot's discretion. Um, there's not a, a, a guideline. I mean, you can go through a pre-flight checklist to double check it, um, but that's going to be up to the operator's discretion. Any questions there? Nope. All nope. right. Uh, let me get the last little bit here. We are almost there. All right. Uh, FPV flights require a visual observer slash spotter to be present for the duration of any flight. And the purpose of the visual observer is as follows, to inform the operator of any unexpected person or obstacle, vehicles, animals, civil infrastructure that has mm. entered or is present in the operation area so that the operator may make the necessary avoidance adjustments. Also to inform the operator of any aircraft in the area, both model and full scale. The FPV, uh, oh, let me stop there. Any questions on visual observers? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so you must be you must be great you must be great in a negotiation because you know nonverbal communications are a key part of negotiation. So it's like, oh, is this price too high? Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, I really, I really want to just to just hit a button, but you know. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. No, 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 you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, awesome. That is hilarious. Uh, all right. Um, FPV must be flown within visual line of sight of the visual observer at all times. All right. That's pretty self-explanatory. At the moment, um, we don't have... Uh, any uh anything beyond that um the visual observer has to be in direct communication it cannot be via walkie and you're six miles down the road watching a, a long range uh fixed wing you know taking off for the mountains you have to be right next to the person who's flying and in direct communication all right uh, are they still on the so... that there's no aided visual like not yes. as far as no okay. aided visual, um, so you can't use binoculars. You can't use a a sighting scope. You can't. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, no spotter on the telephone then, huh? No spotter on a telephone. All right. Uh, 
the the other caveat behind this is and i'll have to double check the language i believe the visual observer has to be ready to take command of the controls in case of incapacitation of the pilot i'll have to double check that don't quote me on it um it's been a while since i've looked at that i don't All think right. there's they... any requirement for a visual observer to be a pilot you might be right i have to double check i might be confusing it with something i hope otherwise i'm screwed because i yeah. don't think a pilot would be so yeah, really. I'd be better off half incapacitated than handing it over to my wife who would go, what button do I push? <laughs> Shove all the sticks down. <laughs> all right. The, the aircraft must maintain a safe operating distance from people at all times. Avoid flying over within 25 feet or 8 meters of any person, persons who are not specifically present for the flight operation. Avoid flying over 25 feet of any ground vehicle that is occupied or under operation. Pretty simple. Um, that's a... Uh, we may we want have... to change the phrasing uh, over or with, over within from my engineering background looks like a, a greater than or less than. So it's like, wait a second. Okay. So, yeah, so it's... Yeah, within 25 I, feet. It just needs yeah. to be within 25 feet. Yeah. Okay. Let me add that. And it, that's uh, twice in both A and B. Yep. Remove. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Any questions on the safety regulations that we haven't already covered? That is all of them for the FPVFC safety regulations. Safety guidelines, not really. Just one. <clears throat> on the uh, weight limit, is there a size limit? No. The um and the, the only the, for the FAA is putting out only recommendations for uh, 107, and it is um, category one is a weight limit. Category two is uh, an energy of 11 foot-pounds, and category three is a an energy um, of 25 foot-pounds, kinetic energy. That's an impact kinetic energy. Yeah. Did they did they ditch the speed uh, limit? So that yeah. hasn't been uh, decided yet. That actually hasn't been put in there, uh, but that is upcoming. And, but they don't have to if because the the energy yeah. uh, the kinetic energy is so yeah, silly silly low that uh, as you calculate um, what is it one half mv squared yeah um, something like that the, mm -hmm. the it's like it's like a six hundred pound quad can only go like twenty five miles an hour no, six. one yeah six hundred gram right yeah yeah or one one pound twenty seven miles an hour so yeah. Yeah, well, that's not good. No, no, this is <laughs> it's, this, it's that's crazy. for one oh seven. Yeah, it's that's for one oh seven though. Um, right. Hopefully that doesn't roll over to recreational. Right. But that, that oh, we're gonna of course twiddle. Yeah, and that's gonna be one of our responses is to go back and cite the uh, some of the research that's been done that's that shows that uh, the FAA and the regulation did not recognize their own research. They uh, cut the kinetic energy by a factor of ten uh, when they put it in the uh, in the draft write-up. So we've got till Possible April. Typo. 
well, that's what they were uh, suggesting. So, so the basis, the basis of the recommendation on the kinetic energy was based on a piece of debris coming off of a space shuttle slash rocket launch, uh, and the data comes from NASA, and it's basically factored on a chunk of steel, um, a, a, a basically a, a dense object that's going to be falling over people, um, and. Uh, the the difference between that and our quads or our fixed wing is our materials aren't a solid chunk of anything. They deflect, props deflect, arms deflect, arms break. Um, fixed wing, uh, they're made out of foam that deflects. It doesn't. It, it spreads the impact out over a larger surface. Um, there's a bunch of variables that it doesn't take into account as opposed to a chunk of steel falling on your head. So that's where the numbers come from, um, but they didn't take into account the the different ways that uh, UAS are designed and how they impact objects. So, um, well, I think that's all I have. I do have some other topics that I was going to cover. Um, I, I honestly didn't anticipate uh, this taking as long as it did, and I apologize if it was boring, but I thank you for the responses. Um, so I will push the rest of our topics uh, to next week, um, which will cover kind of the ability to assist first responders, it's something that we're looking at. So um, I think that's a good conversation. Um, and good, any... good discussion on these guidelines. I appreciate the, the comments and the attendance. This was good. Anything that I can do for you guys? anything that we can do for you guys. All right, so I'm going to leave you with a keep your eyes peeled on the Facebook, on the Discord, on the Twitter, on the Instagram over the next week or so. We've got some exciting stuff that we're working on behind the scenes, and uh, I hope that you guys will uh, enjoy what you see. Um, and it's we're excited. Hopefully you guys will get excited once you see it. Um, and uh, I'm going to leave you with that. And if anybody has any ideas on how to get more community participation into these meetings, that would be great as well. Absolutely. And thank you to everybody who did show up. Um, I got an idea. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. What about if we did some sort of a um a, a challenge or or something, and that way it kind of drums up, you know, people that might not necessarily have jumped over, but then they hear about it, and you run the challenge for a month, and it brings people in. Absolutely. Let's talk about that a little more. It's absolutely brilliant. Anything that we can do. See if Bardwell can make a mention. What's that? Go ahead. Yeah, I can ask Joshua. Yeah, in fact, if he makes a mention on his uh, on his uh, on his channel or even his uh, uh, whatever it's called Discord, yeah, maybe that'll drum up some. Mm -hmm. And we've also. And we're also uh, contacting a number of our uh, influencer pilots as well. Um, does anybody in here that's affiliated with the FPVFC, do they put the link to the Discord and the link to the website, Facebook, et cetera, in their YouTube uploads, like down in the... I don't upload a whole lot of flight videos, but um, I probably need to. I need to start doing it if I'm going to be... Uh pushing this as hard as I can. So 
Um, that's definitely a suggestion. Um, I put out so. like two or three videos a week, and I fly pretty safe, uh, except for speed, I guess, at that point. But, um, yeah, like I, I'll start putting it up. I mean, I'll even use like the little if, if I can get a, um, a PNG negative, yep. like uh, I'll throw the logo on my video. We've got them, so we'll get them to you. In fact, cool. uh, yeah. we probably yeah, need like... to have a branding. We have a, a style guide for our website. Uh, it's kind of an internal thing, but we, we probably do need to provide a play stand on our website for uh, video resources if we don't already. I'm making a note right now. Yeah, I awesome. know on one page we had the, the AVI and a couple of video files, so at least that one video mm -hmm. file that we have. Yep. And we've got logos and all that kind of stuff. So um, we'll get those ready and we'll get those popped on the website. So, all right, cool. Any, anything else? Great suggestions. Hey, something off, yep. uh, off topic. Uh, yep. Is there any update on Sean? I mean, does anybody oh, have anything outside of uh, the GoFundMe? I don't. I know. Uh, I do know uh, that they posted up a. Uh, uh, GoFundMe uh, to help um, help uh, fund his recovery. Uh, that's the last I've heard. He's out um, of the ICU. I, was the last I heard. Yeah, um, I don't have anything beyond that. But Godspeed in his recovery. I that's yeah, yeah it's crazy. I was going to ask if that was the same guy, but I didn't want to. Yes, it is. Yes. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So, um, at any rate, um, thank you for all the comments tonight. Thank you for joining. Um, please get the word out any way you can. Um, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll deliver the resources you guys need to help us along with that. So, um, and thank you for the discussion on this stuff. We'll get these uh, updated pretty quickly here, and we'll be rocking. So, hopefully, we'll see you next week. Hey, uh, before you leave, Kujo. Uh, <clears throat> If yes. you're gonna if you're gonna try Kitty Hawk, and that's what I'm trying, I, I somebody posted two minutes ago in that same group. Uh, Kitty Hawk has uh, Lance authorizations are down, but they're working through them until mid next week. So okay, okay, uh, just a heads up on that. All right, cool, good information. Do you have a uh, way to do a link that doesn't um, doesn't uh, they call it? Expire, yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Let me get you one. I will pull one up right now, and I'll drop it in the channel real quick. Let's see. Okay, that way I can put it on the website. You can also, well, I guess, uh, grab the Discord link from our website, too. But we haven't really pointed people to that website, so they wouldn't even know. There you go. All right. Copy. That's a never-expiring link. Also, um... Uh... Throw a shout out during the uh, live drone show this uh, Sunday. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's one of the reasons why I got all this fancy equipment now. <laughs> well, keep the soundboard coming. We love it. I love it at least. Yes, it is. <laughs> you you got to put the prices right losing horn on there. The bum 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> I need the more you know sound too, please, if you don't mind. Oh, that's funny. 
We also need G.I. Joe knowing it's at the model. All right, keep it coming, guys. Keep it coming. I will see you later. I have to go help with dinner. So thank you. And feel free to hit me up anytime uh, in Discord or on Facebook. I'll, I'll be there. Excellent. Alrighty. Excellent. Take care. All right, good night, guys. Thank you all. Take care. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.